Really pleased today to be joined by Rob Kinsman, who is Regional Director for the South, and Lee Howard, who is Regional Director for the North and the Midlands at Christie & Co. And the reason we're doing uh, this podcast now is because the latest business outlook has come out from Christie & Co. A very interesting reading, and here's to talk us through it are uh, Rob and Lee. So Rob and Lee, thank you for coming on the podcast. I I mean, this outlook, you've done it before, and some interesting findings. What were the headlines and highlights for, for you that you think care home providers really need to uh, listen to rob if i can start with you morning steve thanks for having us on today yeah we're we're delighted to be able to chat through really the findings of uh, our annual outlook publication and we're obviously going to focus on the healthcare sector today and i think that the key headline really from 2022 was the rebound of the transactional market following the challenges through covid so the analysis of our deals shows that um, deal numbers and volumes are at a 14-year high last year, significantly rebounding from the two years of rather subdued market activity, obviously, uh, because of the pandemic. So we actually completed on 78% more deals in 2022 than we did in 2020 at the height of the pandemic. So that just shows how buyer appetite rebounded um, following uh, a subdued couple of years. So is this pent up demand you're saying then from the from the pandemic or has anything else happened that makes people that makes this buying and transactional market particularly high? I mean, that's quite a, a big number, isn't it? That 14 year uh, high is, is it mainly pe- pent up demand that you're saying i think i think it's a bit of a mix of both steve um first of all i think it's pent up demand but i think there's also a bit of a resilience in the care sector as well that if they've been through covid and survived it they can pretty much survive anything and i think that's given a lot of operators the will to expand their portfolios further and uh, expand their businesses overall i think you know we sold 250 care over 250 care businesses last year and i think what's really important in to, to note in that is that most of them were to existing operators so there's a lot of appetite in the sector and we did a bit of a sentiment survey just before christmas and there's a real balance in the survey 34% were really feeling positive about the market 32% were neutral and 30 were feeling negative about it. So I think the reality is what that means for us is that there's a good balance of people wanting to buy and wanting to sell. So that keeps the market moving forward, really, which is positive. Yes, it may sound a very simple question, but but what is behind both those? What makes people want to buy care homes at the moment and what is making them want to to sell it? I don't know whether Rob or Lee wants to come in on that. Rob first. There's a number of factors behind all our deals and quite often it's, it's retirement. So I think after a period of inactivity because of COVID, you've possibly got a larger number of people that probably wanted to retire in 20 and 21 and and couldn't do because of the pandemic. So you've got pent up sort of supply of people looking to exit. And that might just be because they're looking to retire, might be ill health or something like that. So you've got a, a natural level of people wanting to exit from the sector. And that probably increased last year. And also then because of the market being so buoyant, you've got deals happening because pricing is good. So that's another reason why someone might want to come to the market and exit the business, because actually pricing is strong. You've got a large number of quite sophisticated buyers willing to pay good money for a a well-located 
trading care home. So people off, quite often look to do a deal because actually the demand is there and the price for their business matches their expectations. Yeah, I mean, I think another reason as well is, you know, we're, we're kind of two two to three years on from the, the prime COVID era, really. And, you know, occupancies have improved in 2022. And, you know, we're, we're sort of making a bit of a prediction that they'll probably be back to pre-pandemic levels by the end of 2023. And I think that stabilised people's businesses. So that helps when they're looking to buy and the banks will look at funding in a bit more positive, um, in a bit more of a positive way, largely down to the fact that the occupancies have improved almost back to pre-pandemic levels, which gives a, a, obviously a sustainable profitability. The, the only thing I would add to that, and we, and we sort of point that out in the report, is obviously costs are rising, wage costs, energy costs, et cetera, et cetera. But in reality, we are seeing that fees are moving forward as well, which should offset most of the, the balance of that. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, really, the impact that inflation is going to have here on the whole outlook you you talk about, Lee. I mean, you sort of touched on it there. Is it going to have any positive and negative impact? I, I think what will happen is, ultimately, Steve, we, we will see, um, we won't see a, an erosion of multiples that we're achieving in the marketplace. And when I say multiples, I mean a multiple of profit, EBITDA. Um, the reality is what we will see is probably a slight erosion of some profits, and that will largely be down to the inflation issues that we're experiencing. But there was a bit of a, a sort of a panic in back in November last year when operators were starting to see their energy costs, the real impact of the energy costs um, biting. The reality is what we're actually experiencing now is that those those operators are going back to get quotes, and it's probably not as bad as they initially expected. And don't get me wrong, you know, if you've ever been in a care home, they are warm places, they have to be kept warm. So it is very tricky. But another way that the operators are actually impacting those costs are for the first time ever, and I raised this in sort of, you know, one of our recent reports is that they're actually paying attention to their energy performance certificates. So if you have an energy performance certificate on a care home, normally it's just seen as a facility tick box to sell the care home. What I've actually experienced for the first time in a long time is those operators are actually calling me and saying, can I have a copy of the report? Because I actually want to instigate some of the recommendations to hopefully bring down uh, energy costs. And that could be anything you know, from simple draft excluders right down to, you know, right up to new boilers. So there are a lot of operators being a bit more savvy on that. And I think that will, you know, sort of be a common theme throughout 2023. Mm. I mean, Rob, you talk about people retiring, wanting to sell their care homes. When we talk about prices and, and hotspots, I suppose, the country, is it in the south or are there, I mean, Lee can also comment on this, but Rob, from the south, is that where still the, the hotspots are? It's, it's a good question, Stephen. I think I think the overall picture I, th- I think it's worth pointing out is, is healthcare, along with a few other sectors, Christine Cohandle, is needs driven. So when perhaps there's there's wider macroeconomic challenges, sectors such as childcare, dental, pharmacy, healthcare, those sectors are perhaps more resilient to economic downturns. So in, in many ways, investors are attracted to these markets in in these kind of economic cycles because when compared, for example, the leisure sector, um, many leisure operators where you've got disposable income being absolutely key in determining income. Where you've got local authority needs-driven asset class like healthcare, we have seen you know more investors perhaps come into the market than we had pre-pandemic because they see it actually being more resilient and a better long-term bet. So that's the sort of backdrop to the overall demand. And I think 
in terms of regional differences, yes, there there will always be regional differences. And that's led really by the demographic profile of the area, how many how many of the aging population live in that area, the quality of the housing stock, and, and also the density of the population. And I think something we've seen massively over the last couple of years is providers and buyers looking in detail as how easy is it going to be for the staff to travel to the care home. So is the care home in a remote location? And if it is, is it on a bus route and that sort of thing? So there is definitely local drivers to the demand for a care home, but also regional drivers. And and, and there's a there's a lot that goes into it. There, there is a bit of a north-south divide on fees. You know, we all know that from the sort of the price of people's properties, etc. But, you know, in reality, we've experienced, you know, quite a bit of demand around Birmingham recently in the West Midlands. And that's largely because we have seen um, some long overdue fee increases and they're probably not quite where they need to be. But I think operators have been a little bit more braver and they've had to be braver in putting their private fees up as well. So we've seen operators, you know, some operators making two fee increases in one year, which is pretty much, you know, unheard of. And those drivers, as Rob says, really are down to shortages of staffing. And um, I think, you know, an appetite of of a lot of people to return to work as well. That's been quite challenging for the sector, especially in healthcare, because a lot of people were fatigued through the COVID period because they were sort of working long hours and obviously being exposed to COVID conditions, etc. So it's been a tricky time on staffing. For the um for the industry really on buyers i know when we we have we go to shows and exhibit we, we get a lot of people come on our stand and ask us about how they get into buying a care home and who they can have you know where the advice can come from they pick up copies of the magazine etc it's interesting in the report saying that the seven percent of buyers are new market entrants and and you were saying earlier lee or rob that it's existing providers i mean where buyers are coming from who who are they in terms of these new entrants and do you expect that to to continue and what are the benefits for existing providers to do it i mean is it economies of scale i mean we talk a lot about the cost pressures but that if you can maybe break down that buyer segmentation in terms of what we're likely to see um maybe rob i'll start start with you where are they coming from and why yeah that, that's a really good question i think firstly we saw a decrease in new entrants last year and i think that's because of potential funding challenges and regulatory challenges with the cqc so that cqc process is is quite challenging for new entrants and the banks, generally speaking, are active in the sector. But if if you're a new entrant, you don't have any experience and that can be then difficult to get bank funding. So we saw that tighten last year for those with a little experience. Those new entrants that are coming into the market generally have either financial background, so fund manager, banking, that sort of thing, or a medical background, and quite often a combination of the two. And quite often they're seeking larger new entrant care homes, sort of, you know, 25, 30 bed plus in areas that they can tap into the self-funded market and perhaps expand the care home by growing the capacity of bed numbers. So it's a more sophisticated type first-time buyer. So when I started this role 20 years ago, the new entrants used to be a ma and pa. They'd work in the business um, and they'd be front of house, someone doing the property maintenance, someone doing the care, and they'd be very hands on. Now it's seen more as an asset class, rightly or wrongly, seen more of an asset investment class. And they're looking to drive the growth through efficiencies in the business and expand the business. So it's a sophisticated type of a purchaser. Um, but, you know, that's it's still not easy, still yeah. not easy. 
Yeah. Lee, I suppose it is a you know healthcare is can be viewed, can't it? Is recession proof? We talk about an aging population, so it's going to be a great asset, isn't it, for a lot of in- investors? And you talk a lot about buyer appetite, don't you? Is, uh, are you, is there anything different you're seeing there, or would you agree with what, what Rob says? I, I totally agree with what Rob says. Really, I think uh, I think it's the sophistication of the the first time buyer. You know, again, you know, if you go back 10, 11 years, you could pretty much buy a care home, no matter what your experience was um, or funding situation. You know, you get seventy five percent loan to value in some cases. That's just not the case anymore. So the the first time buyers that we're actually dealing with, as Rob says, really have either got a medical background and actually some experience with CQC. So, you know, we're actually selling a lot to medical professionals, doctors, um, etc. And I think that's probably going to be a growing trend. Yeah. Can I ask you, Lee, about, and I'll go on to Rob, about the new build sector here, how that's likely to grow if we're going to see more new build this year, maybe again after the pandemic, people are coming back into the you know, building that there's pent up demand, etc. Lee, it, is that any regional differences on that point, or where do you see generally the new build market going? I think I think there are definitely regional differences because it comes down to hotspots and the price of land. You know, a, a piece of land in Oxford is totally different to a piece of land in Manchester. You know, there are definite um, price differences, but I think more importantly is that there is a huge shortage of land, Steve. So you know, whilst everybody wants to build purpose-built care homes and new builds, it's very difficult to get hold of these sites. And then also, once you've got hold of the site, there's a huge, long planning process. So what we're actually seeing is, I mean, I, I think we we put out a stat, you know, last year we sold over 45 closed care homes and 80% of those care homes were reconfigured and repurposed for care. So I think we are going to see that moving forward as well, that existing care sites can be redeveloped because obviously they will have inherent care use on the planning on the site as well. There is definitely hotspots around, but obviously the reality is that most of those plots of land will probably go for housing first before they go for care. Rob, if, if a care home provider owner was listening to this and thought, actually, I think now is our time to to try and sell, how do you work with care homes? What it tends to be the, the process, how you would guide them through it? I suppose from start to finish, Rob, what, what, how does it tend to work? I think what we like to do is engage with owners over a period of time to ensure that when they are ready to sell, the business is in the best possible place a to sell and b to get best price so quite often you know providers would have been in the sector a long time and when they decide to actually move on they want to ensure that the the business is positioned in in the best possible way to attract the widest possible pool of buyers and achieve the highest price and quite often that can take you know a year or two to position the business to ensure that it's presented the properties presented well the accounts are you know in the right order um and so we can then package it up and ensure that the best price has got so in an ideal world steve the answer is you know early engagement so we can work with owners over a period of time before we actually press the button to launch because actually a number of things feed into that to ensure that you can get best price and lee if someone wants to to buy what how do they come to you what and they don't maybe know too much about the sector what tends to be the advice process there for people who want to enter the market i think first and foremost it's understanding the cqc process and understanding what the care quality commission is and what they expect from an operator and I also think it's it's largely, most importantly, down to the funding. Uh, you know, we get a lot of calls from people thinking, you know, I'd love to buy a care home, but don't know much about the sector. 
you know, the, the reality is that the banks won't look favourably and neither will the CQC upon that. So it's a case of us educating the buyers and more importantly, you know, we've got a sister company, which is Christie's Finance. And, you know, the first thing we always recommend is have a chat with these people and just see what sort of care home you would be able to buy and what sort of loan you would be able to get to enable you to buy. And more importantly, if you can actually get a loan with your current experience levels. And, and, if, and if they can't, then we can advise them you know what to do to take steps to improve their knowledge to enable them to get funding mm. and there's a lot of knowledge obviously in your business outlook uh, are you optimistic rob for the market i know the bank of england has sort of rolled back on some of its negative overly negative expectations this year maybe it won't be as bad as some people were predicting Rob, for the care sector the care home buying and selling sector I'll let Lee comment as well, but Rob, are you optimistic? Predictions aren't easy, are they, these days? Um, I, would I would suggest, you know, we are cautiously optimistic. I think the interest rates aren't possibly going to rise as much as we expected. And as Lee said earlier, over 30% of the providers we polled are going to look to acquire another care home this year. So I think that shows underlying inv investor appetite is going to continue. I think occupancy levels will continue to rebound and with banks looking to um, back experienced providers growing their portfolios, I think we're going to continue to see a good level of activity in the market. Yeah, I, th I think I'm, I'm I'm in the positive mood, to be honest with you, Steve. I think the reality is, you know, we've got the appetite. There's no doubt about that. For me, it's all about whether the banks will be funding into the sector. And I think if the banks are funding into the sector, then I remain optimistic. And I think largely that's probably out of our control at the moment. But from what I'm hearing, you know, doing a couple of bank presentations recently, they are in a positive mood, albeit the lending is going to be at a slightly higher rate than has we've enjoyed for the last, you know, sort of, well, you know, going on 15 years really almost. So, yeah. And Lee, if people want to download and read the uh, reports, the business outlook, where do they need to go? Yeah, head over to our website at christie.com and they'll find a copy in the publication section. It takes about 30 seconds to download and they'll have a fresh copy in PDF format. Uh, brilliant. There will also be a link in the uh, Care Home Management's uh, website. So, uh, yeah, uh, Rob Kinsman and Lee Howard from Christie & Co. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having us, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Thank you.